All right. Good morning, church family. How are you? Yeah. So I just want to start by thanking Pastor Will and just the rest of the congregation just for allowing me to come before you this morning and just share a message that God's kind of put on my heart recently. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am Josiah Baker. Uh, I also go by Joel and Don's son occasionally uh, when they've been nice to me. So um, I'm actually the college minister just as, um, or the college uh, director as Pastor Will just introduced me as, but I'm also at Austin P right now finishing up my nursing degree. Uh, that's what I do on the side when I'm not um, preaching and, and doing all of that stuff. So um, I just appreciate again this opportunity. Um, but that's enough about me. Let's just take a look at scripture. If you guys are already there, let's go ahead and look at uh, Galatians 5, starting in verse 1 and going through 15. It says, starting in verse 1, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying this truth? The persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Let's go ahead and pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, just that we can gather and have the freedom in our nation and our freedom in you to come together and live free through the sacrifice that your son paid for us. Lord, I pray during this time that you would just allow us to just be, be able to reflect on your freedom. Lord, that we would be able to live under a new law, Lord, a law that's, that's all about love. Lord, that we would be able to love you first and, and love everyone else around us. Lord, that we would be able to share your gospel with the ones uh, in our communities. Lord, that you would touch our hearts today. Lord, that we would leave here more changed today than we were uh, even this morning before we came. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, just fan into flame everything that's going on in us, Lord. The spirit that you've given us, Lord, I pray that we would start bushfires for your glory. Lord, I just pray that you would Hide me behind your cross today, Lord, that it would be your word spoken. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. All right. So, I can't start without saying happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day, 
And thank you to everybody who served our nation and, and has helped keep that freedom for us. Um, obviously, some of you guys didn't get the memo that this is usually the time where people take vacations, but I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad to be able to um, just share this word with you guys. Independence is really important. It's really important for our country, right? This is a core value that, that we've been able to celebrate for over 200 years now. It's super exciting. But my question is, when is it justifiable to pursue independence? Okay, so independence is something that we strive for. It's a part of our culture. It's something that is built in us from a young age. We're wanting independence. So when is it okay to not go after independence and rather to adopt a new declaration in dependence rather than independence? Okay, so when we look at this, I'm no longer talking about the idea of independence as a nation. I'm talking about independence from everything else. I'm talking about independence as individuals rather than independence as a nation. I'm talking about the independence that we are rebelliously pursuing as Christians and as individuals by saying, I no longer want to pursue complete dependence on Christ. I want to be my own. I want to handle it all by myself. So as we look at this, I just, I ask that we reflect, is it really a bad thing to ask for help? That, that's something that weighs on us so hard. We're, we're not wanting to go to our neighbors. We're not wanting to ask for help when, when we have problems, when we're struggling with different sins, when we're, even when we can't even pay our bills. We're not living as really the church should be. So how do we pursue that in the right way? Were there no benefits to living under parents' authority? That's one thing, you know, like as, as somebody who's finally leaving my parents' house, you know, and I'm like, oh man, independence, this is great. Is, was it really that bad? Like, man, man, was it really that bad? Now I've got bills. Now I've got, you know, I have to look forward to tax season. Yay. And now every time I think about either of those things, I start to get heart palpitations. I don't know about, about you guys, but I think I need to see a cardiologist again now that I'm thinking about all of this. And you may be able to relate. But even above all of that, when did we decide that God's way was not as good as our way? When did we decide that being dependent on God as creator of all was not enough for us? When did we decide that God's way was not going to fulfill a greater purpose and that our way would be better? I bet the the majority of us, when we think about these things, if we do disagree with any of it, it comes from this, it stems from this need for control. Well, you know, my, my parents, yeah, they paid my bills and my taxes, but, but they controlled me too much. You know, they had too much say in my life. Yeah, you know, it's, it's okay to ask friends for help, but when I ask them, they try to do it their way and not my way. Yeah, I can seek God, but he tells me to do something that's out of my comfort zone, and I would rather just do something else. These are some things for us to reflect on. I get it. We all want control, but is it really worth it? Do you remember a time when 
you had peace in knowing that God was in complete control. For some of us, that may more, be more distant than others. Some of us may be living in that right now and might be able to reflect and say, man, yesterday I just ran into this situation where it was really difficult, but I had complete peace in knowing that God was in control of that situation. But for some of us, we've grown too accustomed to the idea of independence and living in complete control of ourselves. What does that lead to, though, is my question. This leads to distancing. When we try to strive for complete independence, we distance ourselves. We distance ourselves from help. We distance ourselves from family, friends, co-workers, even some stranger in our church that we don't even know who may be willing to help us, and we say, no, I don't want that. We distance ourselves from, um, for, for, some, for some of us, maybe our spouses, because we're like, man, I'd rather handle this on, our own, on my own. Um, it just depends. So when we look at this, we see this distancing, and what happens? It causes an emotional imbalance. That's what causes that distancing, is, is we're finding ourselves trying to carry all of these burdens, all of these things on our own. So I say as we move forward and as we look at, at this passage, as we look at Galatians 5, we're going to find that it's okay to give him complete control. It's okay to give our friends, ask our friends for help. It's okay to live in this new declaration in dependence. For me, I remember a time when, when I would ride in the car with my parents. I, you know, that was an easy time. I could actually sleep. I've been one of those people all of my life that can sleep in the car until I started driving. And now, if anybody else is driving, it's a problem because I've had too much control now. I'm like, okay, I don't know about you guys, but, but I'm the person that will go ahead and say, hey, I'll drive. Where, I don't care if it's a cross country, I'll drive because I'd rather be the one driving than you. Um, so I remember this time when, when I would be able to trust my parents. Now, the other day, I, I rode. I rode with my parents and I caught myself. You, you know, I've developed that, that brake pedal on the passenger side and the, the pull down brake, you know, those things that don't exist but stress the driver out. I hated that when I was learning how to drive. I said, I would hate to have my parents in the car when I was 15 getting my permit and, and learning how to drive because I'd be like, man, why? Why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. But now because of this control that I've developed, I've found myself in that situation. So for those of you who don't know me, I was born with a, a deadly rare genetic disorder, something that, that really struck my family hard early on in life. We um, we had to go to tons of doctors, try to figure out what the diagnosis was. But in that time of my life, that was the time when God was fresh. That was, that was the time when I had just accepted the Lord. And I don't know about you guys, but yes, things get thrown at you when you first accept the Lord, but there's a different type of peace about it. And that's, that's something that I think we're missing, church, is, is we've ran away from the childlike faith that we had when we first came to him. We found ourselves in a situation where 
we have grown so independent. We've been following the Lord for so long, and we've seen how our culture reacts to it, that we've stopped relying on Him for all things. I was able, and I still am able, to trust God in my health. But now I found myself in a situation where I can't even trust Him in my finances. You know, I don't know about you guys, but, but this is, these are the things that are weighing heavy on my heart. So as we look at this, let's look at three points in this passage to remind us of our need for dependence so we can change now and declare complete dependency on the Lord and Savior of our lives. The first point is found in verse 1. I'm going to read it again real quick. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So the first point, if you guys want to write this down, it's up to you is dependence is not a hindrance when our dependence is driven by repentance. I'll say that again. Dependence is not a hindrance when our dependence is driven by repentance. You see, we need to get over this idea that we are strong. We're really weak. <laughs> we, we are. You know, there's these songs that you, you hear if you, if you listen to Christian radio. Um, one of them, Give Me Faith, is one of my favorites. I don't know about um, if you guys know about that song, but it goes, um, Give me faith to trust what you say, that your good and your love never fails. It says, My flesh is weak, but your spirit's strong in me. And that's one of the most powerful things that I think that I have to remind myself every day that my flesh is weak, but I have a spirit of the Almighty God living inside of me that helps me to seek Him and to continue to walk in the direction that He has for me. So we need to get rid of this idea that we are strong. We are nothing outside of Christ. Truthfully, we are nothing outside of Christ. When you are repentant of your pride, selfishness, iniquities, God is faithful and just to lift you and me up to a place where we could have never reached on our own. We, we think of this and we, we think, okay, if I am independent, if I am able to go ahead and take this assignment, if I'm able to do this on my own, then I can have control of it so I can actually determine how far we can go. Have you ever felt that in a scenario? Maybe you're working with somebody and it's like, okay, they're, they're holding me back a little bit. Newsflash, church, we're the ones holding God back. We are the ones holding God back. When we decide that we're being independent, we are the ones that are holding him back. When as if we were just to give him complete control, the opportunities would be endless. Because guess what? God's ceiling, way higher than we could even imagine. Where our ceiling is much more of a floor. So when we look at this, we need to give him complete control. And I think we see this in, in verse 1, is the freedom that we have been given is to set us free, and we need to stand firm in that. We need to stand firm in this idea that, that Christ has given us, the idea that we don't need to be running back to the things that we were enslaved to before, one of them being selfishness. Before Christ, I was selfish, and then Christ, and then it was all about Christ after that. That's what our testimony, that's what our 30-second testimony needs to be. But what we found ourselves in a situation of is, before Christ, I was selfish. Then Christ, 
And then a little bit of, you know, after that was really good, and then I kind of found myself backslidden. And that happens. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations where, you know, our flesh is weak. That's why we have to be walking by the Spirit constantly. And later on in Galatians 5, if you guys have that open, I'm not going to read it, but uh, later on in this chapter, it talks about how we need to continue to walk by the Spirit. And basically right here, Paul is encouraging this church in Galatia to just keep on running the race, but to run it in Christ, to run it in Christ and to let go of the old law that has been, you know, talked about for years, this law of circumcision uh, versus non-circumcision that they're struggling with. Just let it go and let God, let God control, let us love each other. They're finding each other in situations to where they are arguing over these things that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. So we need to let go. We need to make sure that this idea of dependence being a hindrance, it's no more when we have Christ. Now, when we depend on others, we'll find ourselves in situations, you know, maybe in that regard, but Christ supersedes all of these things that we know normal life to be like. He's outside of that. Our second point that we have can be found in verses 2 through 12. Um, So it says, Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I will be of no advantage to you. I'm sorry. Let me reread that. I messed that up. I will... I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You are running well, who hindered, you, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, will preach circumcision, why, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In the case of offense of the cross, in that case... The offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. So the second point right here, if you guys want to write this down, it's without complete dependence on God for everything, God's people find themselves in a state of spiritual impotence. I'll read that again. Without complete dependence on God for everything, God's people find themselves in a state of spiritual impotence. So it's interesting how highly we think of ourselves. You know, we were just talking about this, this aspect of we think we're strong, right? We think that we can take all of this and do it all on our own. How arrogant have we become to think that we can carry on God's mission without seeking God on a daily basis? Church, this is a problem. We're finding ourselves in a situation where we're not going to God on a daily basis to humble ourselves to make sure that we know truly that we are nothing without Him. And what mission do we have if we're not seeking Him for the directions in it? 
Brothers and sisters, read the words of Jesus himself. He spells it out clearly in John 15, 5. I'm going to read that real quick. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He lays it out right there in, in John 15, 5, that apart from God, apart from Christ himself, we can do nothing. And it's only through the cross that we've been given the freedom to live in community with God. So why are we separated from that? We're getting ready to look at this idea of communion. Communion between ourselves and God isn't necessarily, <laughs> we shouldn't wait necessarily for you know, the, the act of taking communion to be in communion with God. This should be a time for us to celebrate everything that Christ has done together as a church body, as a community, taking that bread and that grape juice or wine, you know, and, and seeing what it symbolically meant for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Often we deceive ourselves into thinking we can effectively carry out God's mission for us without seeking his direction and trusting in him. Psalm 127, 1 through 2 talks about this idea that without God building up something, it's anything that we do is in vain. If we were to try to build a house on our own, if we were trying to build the temple on our own, it would, it would be in vain. Because if God's not the one who's building it all up, if he's not the one working through us, then we're not truly doing anything. We're just running in circles. We're incapable without God. So is God doing his work through us, or are we finding ourselves in a situation to where we're trying to lift a two-ton Mack truck with a 200-pound jack? You know, it, it, we're, we're trying to lift way beyond our limits when we're saying, okay, God, I've got this. You stay on the side. And that's why we have to grow ever more dependent on him. Because if we don't have that complete dependency, we're going to find ourselves ineffective in carrying out the mission that he's given to us. The final point we've got, it can be found in verses 13 through 15. It says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, that you are not consumed by one another. So the final point that we've got today is misused freedom in God's kingdom is treason without good reason. When we decide to overthrow God from his rightful place, that in itself is an act of treason. You look at that. You look at where our nations come from. <laughs> in a way, our nation kind of came from treason, but it was from something that was not God. <laughs> when we try to overthrow God from his rightful place, that's treason without good reason. Why would you leave something so secure, something so loving, something so enriching as the love of Christ? But yet we do it on a daily basis. We do it each minute. 
Some of us may do it after this church service. And that's what's hurting us as a, as a nation, but most importantly, as a church. We're finding ourselves in this independent state to where not only are we not relying on each other, but most of all, we're not relying on the God of the universe. When we decide to take him out of his rightful place, we'll find ourselves unfit for this management. We'll find ourselves in a position to where, okay, we're ruling our lives, but are we really capable? Are we really able to do something like that? That's not a question. The answer is no. When we decide to live outside of God's will for our lives, it's a slap, spit, whatever you want to say, to the face of Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. And I don't know about you, but if you've read, which, I mean, we, we just went through Mark, so I hope that you've read the, one of the Gospels at least, but if you've looked at the account of everything that happened to Jesus, and to think that while he was on the cross, me, you, everybody in this room was the one that put him there. Because our sin was enough. Our sin in this building was enough, and he would have done it just for us, but he did it for everybody. And to think that every time I take control of my life and don't let him take the lead, I'm, I'm slapping and spitting and, and beating him. So how do we honor this sacrifice that Jesus gave for us? The answer is by using our freedom in the way it was intended. A theologian once said something along the lines of, faith should be our motive and love our law. So right here, we're t- we were just talking about the idea that the, the law shifted. After Jesus, the law shifted, and our main focus is carrying out the things he commanded us to do, which is to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, as we see towards the end of, of Galatians 5. Paul reiterated, Each one of us is on God's most wanted list. And that's pretty cool. You know, um, something, something along the lines of, okay, he wants us. The good thing is, is once he finds us, he's not going to put us in prison. <laughs> it's, it's something so great. It's something so much more loving. It's something that can't even be expressed in words. So why do we run away from such a law as one centered around love. We find ourselves running towards everything that completely goes against what Jesus has for us. It goes against love. It goes against everything that he wants. Instead, what we do is we go towards selfishness. We go towards independence, and we find ourselves stuck. So why do we do this? It may be because this new law still can't be fulfilled by us. By us alone, we cannot fulfill this new law of love. I mean, look around us. (laughs) Look around us and you'll see that these people around us can't even fulfill love without Jesus. So, what happens now? Even love requires dependence on God. So, 
We went away from this new law because Jesus sacrificed his life, and yet we don't honor him by fulfilling his one commandment to love. We can't even do that because we find ourselves more fitting of controlling our lives than God does. Instead, what we should do is have complete dependence on God and dependence, faith that he is the Jehovah Jireh, the God and provider of everything. So there's tons of different names for for God, and, and this is one of my favorites because it's just so powerful in its meaning. God and provider of everything. Everything. <laughs> and, and yet, we find ourselves wanting to supersede and overthrow such a God as this. You see, we have grown into a culture of complete focus toward independence to the point that we have ruined almost every relationship in our lives. We find ourselves in situations to where we're constantly arguing with family and friends over who has control over uh, this dinner, like who's, who's going who's gonna to have Thanksgiving this year? Well, I don't like the way that you do Thanksgiving, so not you, I, I want to take Thanksgiving. All of these different things, we find ourselves growing more and more distance from everyone, including the God and provider of everything. We find ourselves saying these dangerous things in our culture nowadays. We find ourselves saying things like, I am an independent, fill in the blank, and I don't need anybody but myself. I don't need anything else. I just want myself, and I'm more content by myself. You can leave me alone. We find ourselves saying things like, well, I trust in God, but... And these things are the most dangerous things for an anxious Christian to say. Why is that? Because anxious Christians are already trying to take control of everything anyway. We're already finding ourselves wanting more and more control than, than we really want, if, if we really reflect on what the God and provider of the universe can do for us. We shouldn't want this control when we know that his ceiling's way higher than ours. But yet we do it anyway. Earlier I mentioned a time in my youth where I was able to feel the freedom I had in Christ. I encourage you to think back as well. Reflect on how great it feels to live in Christ. Freedom found in complete dependence on Him. If you've never felt this, I encourage you to really reflect on if you ever gave Him complete control in the first place. If you ever made Jesus the Lord of your life. Because this feeling of complete dependence on Him and knowing, God, you've got this, and I can't do anything better than you can. Not even wake up. I can't even wake up better than God can. I can't even sleep better than I, God can. I can't do anything in life better than He can. And the only reason I breathe is because God... So why do we find ourselves in these situations? If you've never felt that, reflect on that. If God has ever been the Lord of your life. 
If we walk by the Spirit, just as I said earlier, Paul, Paul says later on in Galatians 5, if we walk by the Spirit, then the desires of the flesh, we won't succumb to those things. We won't take pleasure and take, um, take those things and go towards those things because when we're walking in the Spirit, we don't want those things. When we're walking in the Spirit, the Spirit's taking over and the Spirit is telling us what is best for our lives. Much like when we're a child and our parents tell us, hey, don't run across the street. Well, the ball's on the other side of the street. We'll get that later. But the ball's on the other side of the street. See, as, as believers, we tell God, God, I want this though. And God's like, there's something better later on. There's something much, much greater later on. You don't need to cross the street right now. The grass isn't always greener on the other side because my side is the greenest. When you cross that street, you're going to get hit. And much like that, we find ourselves running away. Much like a child wanting out of the house, we find ourselves not wanting God to control our lives. Samuel Adams once said, It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority, keen on setting bushfires of freedom in the midst of men. Bushfires of freedom. Brothers and sisters, our nation was small when it, when it declared its independence. You know, when it said, All right, God, in you we trust, we are going to seek you in this, they were small. And much like them, we find ourselves as Christians in the small minority when we talk about people who are devoted, walking by the Spirit, doing all of these things. We find ourselves in a minority. If we really want to make differences for Christ, we need to walk in the Spirit. Because when we're walking in the Spirit, He fans into flame everything. And we can start bushfires of freedom and if you don't believe that, then I don't know. I don't know if you've read the Word of God because we see it time and time again that he's starting bushfires of freedom. And I think that should be our declaration. Declarations, independence, complete dependence on God. Because in God, we should trust. In God, we should depend. In God, we should rely on. All of these different things are saying the same thing, but yet we can't get it through our minds. Not just that we can't get it through our minds. You may understand it, I may understand it, but we can't put it into action. And I think some of the problem is we're not walking in the Spirit. We're not walking in the Spirit daily. We're not walking with each other in the Spirit. We're not depending on God for everything we need. Likewise, if we live completely dependent on Christ, we will be a radical minority, but find encouragement in Christ and in our brothers and sisters. And this declaration, independence, it will only help us. It will only help us find something so much stronger. It will find what God's direction really is for our lives. When we're complete dependent on Him, completely dependent on Him, we will find that He's got something so much greater than we could even imagine.
He will strengthen every area of our lives. So we are about to reflect on this freedom that we have in Christ by observing communion, which is our way of keeping in mind the sacrifice of our Savior Jesus and everything that he did on the cross for us. So as we look at this and we push everything aside, all of the things that get in the way of complete dependence on Christ, the things that you're probably thinking about right now, whatever it could be, how you're going to get the finances that you need, how you're going to get from here to um, your friend's house for 4th of July, um, all that food that smells so great right now, put all of that aside and say, God, right now I want to reflect and honor the sacrifice that Christ Jesus gave for us. He left the side of the Father in heaven, stepped foot onto a crippling, sinful, awful world, said, I love you enough to live a perfect life, but to die a gruesome death. And then, after all of that, he raised again and said that he was going to come back. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's why we're here. Because he gave us the freedom we need. And even if we didn't live in America, I would hope that we would still try to honor that freedom. But yet, in a place so free as America, we find ourselves not even wanting to share with our neighbors. We find ourselves in situations to where we're just inviting somebody to church so that somebody else can tell them about Jesus. If we're inviting them to church. We find ourselves in all of these positions where instead of asking God for the words, we ask somebody else to ask God for the words. It's humbling to think about all of this. Have you admitted your sin, believed in this gospel, and confessed Jesus to be the Lord of your life? If not, there are many people in this church, including Pastor Will and I, that after the service, we would love to talk to you. We would love to help you take these next steps. If you want to hear more about Jesus, I can, I can go around too. I'm sure Pastor Will can. And we'll just talk about all the things that Jesus has done in our lives and how complete dependency on him versus independency in ourselves has weighed. Because if you talk to anybody who loves Jesus they'll tell you that independence is probably not the answer. If you have, you have this beautiful opportunity to take part in communion. This is an awesome time for believers to, to really reflect on all of this. A time to grow closer to God by honoring Christ's sacrifice for our freedom. By committing ourselves to grow less independent today and more independent or more dependent on Christ. Honoring Him through our thoughts, words, and actions. So let's pray real quick, and then Pastor Will will come up and lead us in this time, um, and then we'll, we'll reflect on everything that God's done for us. Lord, I just thank you again for this time just to, to praise you and, and just bring to light all of the things that you've done, Lord, uh, for us. Lord, that, that Jesus would come from a perfect and 
an unexplainable place such as heaven next to you, Father, and, and he would do that for us. Mm. That, that he would take his spot on the throne and he would come to a, a cruel, crippling world such as this just to die and be a sacrifice for our sins. Lord, that, that he would pay that sin debt for us. Lord, I pray that during this time we can reflect, that we can confess our sins, Lord, that we can grow more repentant of our sins, that we can grow more dependent on you, Lord, and that we can give up all of these things in our lives that we try to grip so tightly, Lord, we're, we're digging our nails into our own hands, we're finding ourselves in these situations to where we can't even control, we can't even, we can't even do it right on our own, Lord. And I just pray that we would just give it all to you today. Lord, I just pray that you would guide this time, that your spirit would be moving. And Lord, that we would leave here so much better, so much more dependent on you than we did when we entered. It's in your name I pray.